0: Welcome to Soul Inspiring Business. Hello and welcome to the Soul Inspiring Business podcast. Whether you're a first time listener or you've been listening before, welcome. And just a reminder that I have a free gift for you at www.freegiftfromkara.com. It is a breakthrough guide to creating an amazing 2021 and beyond. So I hope you enjoy. Now, getting into the show today, I am thrilled to introduce you to Garrett Maroon. Garrett is the founder of the Maroon Group, which is a real estate team serving the Newport News community. He's also more recently launched Business by Referral, a company dedicated to helping real estate agents and other business owners and entrepreneurs stay in better connection and relationship with the people that they know. And what I loved about Garrett in this interview, and it's something I think you'll definitely find as well, is that at his core, Garrett is committed to service. He believes that all businesses should have a purpose and a mission. And in a world filled with so much technology, relationships are still at the very core of all business. I'm excited for you to learn more about Garrett, how he built a massive business from a database of just 300 people, something that a lot of experts will tell you isn't possible. And we're also going to talk about how he's helping people on an even bigger scale now through his new company and his recently launched podcast, Real Estate Your Way, which is not only just for real estate agents, but for business owners at all levels. So it all starts now, and I hope you enjoy. So welcome, Garrett. We are very excited to have you on the Soul Inspiring Business podcast today. You are the founder of uh, Business by Referral, um, a new company, so we're definitely going to talk about that today. And you also run a real estate team in the Newport News area called the Maroon Group. Um, So welcome to the show, Garrett. I'm really excited to have you here.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Kara. I know the Maroon Group is a really clever name. That's how uncreative I am, but it's great to be here. I'm excited to be with you.
0: Well, don't sell yourself short because you've got a lot of creativity in you, which we're going to talk a little bit about today as well. (laughs) Um, But, uh, you know, for our listeners, Garrett and I were actually connected by um, a dear friend of mine and uh, a good business partner and friend of yours as well. And so that's kind of how this came to be. And one of the things that you know, when I was doing my kind of um, own just research about you. And one of the things that I love about the way that you work is that you uh, really built your platform and your business by giving back to people, right? Is that a fair assessment?
1: Yeah, for sure. And I've been really fortunate, you know, so I, when I came into the business, uh, I had a lot of clarity that if I was going to do this, I wanted to do it by relationship. I'm not i've never cold called or done an open house or anything like that and quite honestly i think if i cold called and someone hung up on me i'd feel really hurt and offended so i wouldn't want to keep going and so i had a lot of clarity and and coming in pretty early on I, i spent about a month honestly kicking around of ideas of what is my mission what's my purpose why am i doing this and ultimately it came down to i want to impact and improve the lives of people And that's everywhere in our business. We tell all of our clients that. And, you know, so that means that if I think you should rent and you're here to buy, I'm going to tell you, I don't know that this is a good decision or I don't think you should sell right now. Right. It's it's about impacting and improving their life. And I'm not in that equation. It's not about me. So, yeah, we've we've really been fortunate to build a business based on not making it about us at all. I rarely, rarely ever say anything about me or my business. It's just, you know, they're the hero in their own story. They want the story to be written about them. I don't need to put myself in it. And uh, yeah, we've really focused on caring for people at a high level and thankful that it's worked out really well.
0: Yeah, and I think that whether you're in real estate or any industry, I mean, that same principle can really apply because people feel that and then naturally want to, you know, be connected to you and in your world because they know that you truly have your, their best interests at heart, right? So, but tell us, how did you even get into real estate? Do you, what was that story?
1: Yeah. So, uh, so in, I graduated from college in 2009 and then worked there, Christopher Newport University, small liberal arts college, and then worked there for a couple of years. In 2014, my wife, Rachel essentially said, Hey, I think you should try something else. And I think you should try real estate because I had a good friend that was that was in real estate and had an opportunity to go work with him. And I was at the time making forty thousand dollars a year, which is great. Yeah, nothing by any means in Northern Virginia where you are care that would not last you very long. But down here in good old Newport News, that was pretty good. And I, I grew up without risk. My parents were very anti-risk. And so the idea of full commission terrified me. I was very much against it. My parents even tried to talk me out of it. Uh, but in 2014, my wife just said, I really think you should try. I think you should go for this. And I had the opportunity to join my friend on the team and I just did it. I mean, honestly, I don't, I don't even really know why other than I just did it and took the chance and decided, all right, let's see what happens. And, you know, my first few months, we made a commitment. My wife and I made a commitment that if in the first three months, I didn't have any clients that I would quit. Well, three months come and go and I had nothing. Mm-hmm. So I remember that that uh, night at dinner and I said, okay, can I get another three months? Right. And she said, well, I guess it makes sense. Like, let's just give it a shot. And thankfully, five and a half months in, I finally got a client and started working. And then it really started to grow from there. But my friend early on used to say, hey, Garrett, have fun at your nonprofit volunteer job, right? Because I would just show up and sit there and watch people go do things and think, what is happening? Why can't I do anything? Why can't I find any clients? And so it was a good experience for me just to realize that it wasn't going to be handed to me. I had to figure it out. I mean, that was it. You got to go figure it out. And if you really believe in impacting and improving the lives of people, you better make yourself valuable enough where you actually can do that. And so it was a really a blessing for me to not have any clients, honestly, and just be forced to try to figure out, okay, how can I make myself valuable enough where people want to work with me and feel like they're getting a good return on their time with me. And uh, so, yeah, I I jumped in and it was terrible at the beginning. I didn't grow up here. I didn't know a ton of people. I had 40 people in my database. Well, 70, 30 of them were my family in Ohio. It just made me feel better to have a bigger number. But, uh, and then I just said, okay, I got to figure it out and uh and and that's how i got started and thankfully once i figured it out my uh the first month i sold one when i finally sold something i sold one but the next month i sold eight and so it just kind of grew from there so i was really fortunate for that yeah
0: Hmm. wow so if you had that means you had 40 people that you knew in newport news is that right that's right Yep. when you say you had to figure it out what did you figure out in that i mean out of 40 people Let's see. Did you sell eight of those then? <laughs> or did they know? I mean, how did that right. work?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I did at the time I didn't understand
0: that like in a sales or real estate job. I mean, that's kind of crazy. Right. I mean, that's yeah. a very low number to be able to. Have yes. To work with, right.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And at the time I didn't understand the numbers, to be honest. You know, so so the only clarity that I had coming into the business was I wanted to do it by relationship. And I thought, like many of us think, well, people know me and they know I'm in real estate, right? So they should probably just refer me or work with me. Well, uh, even early on, one of my good friends who's on the music team with me at church, I remember seeing him on a Saturday. Hey, his name is Jimmy. He said, Jimmy, how you doing? He said, man, I'm great. I said, wow, you look so excited. What's going on? He said, man, I just bought a house. And then his smile kind of turned down. He was like, oh man, I totally forgot you're an agent now. And I said, hey, it's, t- it's t- that's absolutely okay. I'm excited for you. And man, that's my fault. I just didn't remind you. you. Know, I just had this assumption that they would understand that I'm an agent. They would remember, they'd be thinking about me. And so it just forced me to, okay, if I'm going to work by relationship, I got to understand how it works. It's not as simple as, well, people know who I am. So therefore they're just going to refer me or work with me. Everyone has so much going on. my clients even still aren't sitting around thinking about how to make my business better. That's not what they spend their time doing, right? Um, I think about them, which is weird, I guess, but they don't think about me in that way. So what I had to figure out ultimately was how do I get them to think about me more consistently? And it started by learning. And so I learned and have since, of course, developed this over six and a half years, but learned that at the end of the day, people refer you if they like you and they trust you. So, okay, they're my friends. I knew they liked me. I knew they trusted me. But how do I get them to think about me when their friend is talking about buying a home? You know, the average person can only remember one person per service field. So if they're thinking about me in the real estate world, they're probably not thinking about somebody else. So how do I have that? How do I make sure that I'm top of mind when their brains are triggered? Again, there's a lot of science behind it, but how do I become top of mind when their brains are triggered when a friend at do we have water coolers anymore? I don't know. Post-COVID, probably not, I guess. But when they're around the water cooler and they're talking about, oh, I really want to buy a home. Oh, you should talk to Garrett, right? How do I get them to think about me? And I just started learning how, you know, how do I how do I impact and improve their lives? How can I lead from a position of caring for them and serving them? And in return, get them to think about me on a consistent basis and that's all it was. There's a ton of resources out there. The beautiful part is I'm not reinventing anything. I just had to figure out a model that made sense for me and put it together with a different model so that it'd be more systematic. And then I just started doing it, you know. And that that's it. You know, people ask a lot. Well, how did you get to where you are? Well, I done. I've essentially done the same thing for six years in a row. And I know it's not exciting. And I know you don't think it's it's that easy, but it is because six years in a row I've been chopping at the same tree, and eventually that tree's going to come down, right? So. I just started understanding better. I started learning more about how consumers make decisions and started asking my clients, hey, did you enjoy that client party? What could we have done differently, right? Mm-hmm. And I think if you just listen to your people and your your heart really is to serve them at a high level and you just listen and figure out how you can care for them, they'll tell you <laughs> and then just do that and they know you're their real estate agent. So, I mean, it just builds, I'll give a super quick example. I use this all the time. My uh, dentist, Dr. Archer, love my dentist. He's getting a ton of free publicity from me. (laughs) He has no idea, but my dentist, Dr. Archer, I know he's my dentist and it's not like he calls me. That would be maybe weird, but if he called me and he said, Hey Garrett, this is your dentist. I would say, I know you're my dentist. You don't have to remind me all the time, right? At some point I'd be annoyed if every month he was reaching out to me and saying, just a reminder, I'm your dentist. And I think agents don't understand that they probably are accidentally annoying the people that they care about by, Hey, I'm an agent. You know, anybody thinking about buying or selling? Like, I will tell you if I do, right. They would, they are annoying accidentally their clients. So we just took a different approach where I don't even ever say that just, Hey, how are you doing? And if my clients want to talk to me about real estate, they will, because they know I'm their agent. I don't, I don't need to remind them I'm a, I'm a dentist and say, send me all your dental patients. I don't even know what that's called. Right. But I just have to show up and be consistent and say I care about you and our friendship is primary importance to me and guess what in return I know you're a real estate agent and the beautiful part of that you can build a relate you can build a really good business by just caring for people well and I think that's a beautiful thing of real estate.
0: Yeah. Well, real estate and any industry, you know, it's just great to be able to you know, give value in that way and I think what I love about what you're saying is that really resonates with with me as well and how I view business, you know, because when you're taking care of people at a high level, the business just takes care of itself because you're doing it from a place of, you know, like you said earlier, it's not about me, it's about them. It's about how can I really create impact in their lives? And the, the byproduct of that is that I feel good too. Like I feel good when I'm giving value, or when I introduce them to somebody that I know is going to be a great person to help them in whatever industry, you know. And then they think of me too, you know, as their real estate person, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. So, and and I think more than ever too, we live in a connection and experiential economy. That's that's where we are now. And I'm 33. I don't know if I'm a millennial, right? But I maybe I am. I don't know. But that 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 know, group
0: maybe. Yeah, right. okay.
1: Yeah, whatever I am. Yeah. But yeah. but I'm I'm an old person. I'm tired. I've got kids like you. So, uh the but that generation has in a good way Forced us into more of that connection and experiential economy, right? They're interested in the experience they're interested in. They overwhelmingly 92% of millennials will choose a referral for any industry over anything else. And guess what? That's the, the generation that grew up on technology. What do they do? They don't trust it. They use it to get a referral but they're not going to choose someone they don't know or someone that their friends don't know. And so it's about the real connection. They want deep relationships where we're, we're connected like we've never been. But the truth is, I think we're starving for real meaningful relationship. And this younger generation in a really good way is coming around saying, I want actual relationship with somebody, you know, with, there's been tons of studies and the number one uh, focus for them when they're working with a company is do they believe in the mission of that company? If they do, they'll buy from them. Right? So, we as business owners need to be missional. We need to be purposeful and we need to be relationship oriented because that's what people want now. We got to connect. We got to give them a good experience because even in the the real estate world and really any business world, there is rarely an industry where there's such a niche that you're the only one that exists, right? So If someone in the real estate world, for example, can open a door and write a contract like I can, well, I better make sure their experience is better with me or my business is not going to grow. Same thing with insurance or same thing with mortgage lenders or whatever industry you're in. We've got to focus on what does the consumer want? They want experience. They want connection, right? That's what they're looking for ultimately at the end of the
0: day. Yeah. And that's such a good point because it is, I think the generation that grew up on technology is almost rejecting that because they see that they, you know, they want the, they crave in many ways the connection that is a little lost in somewhat, you know, of all the technology. So that's yeah. such a good point. Um yeah. and I'm curious, you know, I know that I would say that, you know, as an outside looking in, you you're kind of working in a flow paradigm, I would say. And when I classify flow paradigm, I think that's, you know, when you're able to create a business that you know, kind of moves that you can generate business more gracefully, more easily that when you're putting out, you know, good that it comes back to you and, um, versus the hustle paradigm, right. Where it's all about the grind. So do you think that you always operated in that kind of hustle or, or I'm sorry, in the flow, or do you, was there any type of pivotal moment where you realized that there was a change?
1: Needed? That's a great question. Yeah. I mean, I very much believe in in the the biblical concept, you reap what you sow. And so I have been focused on when I was working at the university and I was an assistant director in admission, I focused on the relationships I could develop with potential students or parents and just care for them at a high level. And, you know, when what you reap from that is they, many times I would encourage a student, Sorry for any of my colleagues that are listening, but I would encourage you to don't come here. Everything you're looking for doesn't exist at this university as much as you'd be a good fit. You should go somewhere else. And I can't tell you how many times parents and students would be so grateful that I would tell them this is not going to work for you. And so I think I just kind of came from the mindset of I'm not a, a classical salesman, if you will, of trying to convince somebody no matter what. I'm more interested in and maybe this is that flow, but I'm more interested in it just, I just want to learn and understand who you are. I'm, I'm deeply curious about people. My wife jokingly calls me the interrogator when we meet new people, because I just want to know. I don't know. I'm just curious about who they are. And I and I really think that that the best way to be in business is if someone really understands what I'm looking for and they can help me get it, whether it's with them or not. You know, I'm going to appreciate them. And the next time, you know, we we have a contract right now that's doing work on our house. Super genuinely nice guy really took the time to listen. First is another guy that had come and he was there for three hours and all he did was talk at me. And he doesn't know what I'm looking for. He was just trying to sell me on something. And even if I go with the contract, I will go with the contractor that listened. It was kind. His name was Adam. But even if we didn't do anything with Adam, the next time a friend of mine needs work, you better believe I'm referring Adam, not the other guy, because he listened. He cared. It wasn't about him. It was about me. And you know, I think if we really understand Again, to to be deeply curious about the people's lives that are going on around us. And just that's for me why I read a lot. That's why I try to meet a lot of people. Because even if I have no value personally to them, I want to try to find them value. I want to connect them with somebody. I want to encourage them in some way, give them a book idea, mail them a book, whatever it is. Because like you said, I think if you give it out in slices, it comes back in loaves. Uh, Brian Buffini says that all the time. I love that phrase. And so I think you just lead with caring, 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 caring. And I can guarantee anybody that if you care for a lot of people and you care for them at a high level, it will come back at some point. I don't know how, I don't know when, but it will come back because people will be appreciative in a deep way of how much you've really shown them that they matter.
0: Yeah, no, that's so true. Uh, and I know that there's a lot of people that would say in a, I guess, generating a business that's solely by referral, right, that that's really hard to do because you, it's not as consistent. Like you can't rely on the consistency of it. And so that's why, at least in our industry especially, a lot of people will buy leads from different companies and um, and that's how they'll be able to generate, so to speak, more consistent business. How would you respond to that?
1: Yeah. So first I'd say, I mean, building a business only by referral, certainly not for everybody. You know, mm-hmm. if you're a fluffy bunny, then do that. Uh, if you're, I don't know what the opposite of that would be, a non-fluffy bunny and with big teeth, then, then maybe you need to go purchase leads, right? I mean, you got to understand your personality, but... Yeah, I, I think if anybody, because that we get that question all the time, I would first say, okay, well, show me how you've consistently been trying to build relationships. And most of the time, there is no consistency. So, well, of course, you don't get a consistent result because you're not being consistent on your action. So mm-hmm. I'd say that's number one. But number two, even if that's true, I think the challenge is... I talk to so many people with our training company and I do personally do onboarding calls because I just want to learn everybody that's in our system and how we can help them. Many of them will say when I start asking, well, yeah, probably about 80% of my business came from referral last year and you know maybe 20% from Facebook ads or whatever it was. I say, hey, that's awesome. Well, where did you spend your time and money? Well, probably about 80% on my Facebook ads and 20% of my referrals, right? And just say, just swap that. And let's see how consistent you can be. And then again, for everybody, it's a little bit different, but my own personal experience too, literally five years in a row, I have a database of 300, five years in a row, I've sold 50 houses all by referral. And it's been literally 50 every year, not 51, not 49, 50. And that you can't be more consistent than that. I'm not even trying to aim for that one number. It's just, it just works it just happens. And I really do believe that the consistent action of building relationships is what's going to get you the consistent business. So again, if you're cold calling for three hours a day, that's awesome. If that's how you want to do it, well, guess what? You get consistent results because you're consistently doing the same thing. Well, Mm -hmm. are you generating referrals and being consistent on building relationships in the same way? And if you're not, then you can't tell me that one's better than the other, right? Mm -hmm. So I just think that there's a lack of I call what I do systematically building relationship. I think there's a lack of consistent showing up and saying, hey, I care about you, what can I do for you right now? And I think if people do that, they will really see some incredible results.
0: Yeah, well, because you have, like you said, you've got a system for building relationships, not in, you know, it because you're uh, reaching out, you have events, right? That you Mm -hmm. connect consistently with the people that are in your world. So tell us about one of the most fun events that you've done in the past with your uh, clients. I'm curious.
1: We've done, well, I'll tell you about one super fast because this one completely failed. Uh, And I like to share failures because even though I've done this for a long time, I still don't get right. So two years ago, I rented a 56 passenger bus for adults only everybody we had helped that year and they came to our house in advance. We had Chick-fil-A of course, because it's delicious And we then we gathered on the bus. Yeah, we gathered on the bus, and I took them to see Christmas lights, and we had hot chocolate and everything. Well, we get on the bus. The bus driver doesn't tell me that the the heat is broken and the radio's broken. So we're driving thirty minutes to this park to see lights, and it is terribly cold. And it is no noise in there at all. And it is so awkward that I'll never do it again. I just bounce from one seat to the next, like, "Hey, how's it going? Please talk. Somebody sing. You know, do something." So terribly awkward, but. Yeah, but whatever. It was fun. I I thought it was hilarious because I failed utterly. But the this year we switched, of course, a lot to virtual parties, and we've created some really cool ideas. We've done a virtual wine tasting, which our clients thought was awesome. We did a virtual holiday lights tour. But I'll say probably the one that I liked the most. We did a virtual movie night. Hmm. So when when we were open and we could move around, I used to rent a movie theater and we would do Saturday morning at the movies and I'd rent a movie theater and our clients could come. We'd play a movie that was happy for kids and they'd come check it out. It was so much fun. So this year we did a virtual movie party. So they came on a Saturday from three to five and they picked up their movie goodies, popcorn, candies, some drinks, and then some raffle tickets And then at six o'clock, they hopped on a Zoom call with us. We raffled away prizes and then we did three rounds of trivia and they could win prizes. Well, while we were doing that, we sent everybody on there a $5 Amazon gift card. And so at seven o'clock, we wrapped up, said, okay, everybody's got a gift card in your inbox go rent a movie and have your own family movie night. Have a great time. And people loved it. And I thought it was so much fun too. So that was probably, we've done some really cool ones, but that was maybe my most uh, exciting and, and inventive one that we've done so far. And, and our clients really, resp- we're just going to do it again, even when we do reopen, uh, our clients thought that was really fun. So yeah, that was a great time.
0: Yeah, oh, that's awesome. Well, and I love that. Um, so Tell me a little bit about your new business, which is, it was it launched last year, Business by mm-hmm. is that right? Yep. Okay. And so, um, because I think what's great about just entrepreneurs and business owners and, you know, is that when we, is the idea and the creation, it's like, we're always evolving and figuring out different ways to give back. So it sounds like this company was kind of really formed because of all the success that you've been experiencing and the desire to help others do the same. Right. So tell us a little yeah. bit about what that is and, and what you're doing, um, uh, how that's working so far.
1: Yeah. So it literally came out of so, you know, it, I, people just start saying, well, hey, how did you do this? Tell me about it. And so OK, I'll teach you about it. I like teaching and just started teaching. And then other offices would say, hey, can you come tell us about it? Sure. You know, i happy to do that. Well, I had no idea or intention of a business until I was teaching. I believe it was in D.C., and after the class uh this really sweet lady came up to me and said hey i love what you're doing is there something i can buy like every month you'll just send me what to do and i thought that's a genius idea. Maybe I should do that, right? If people actually want that, I genuinely, that's why I was out there teaching. I actually want to help. And if that's going to be more helpful, I can't show up at your office once a month. That's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. And so it was born out of someone just asking me, can we get that? And I didn't know that would be valuable. You know, I was in Maryland the following weekend as this idea is stewing and I'm in the middle of class and the lady raises her hand and says, you know, Garrett, I love the idea of writing notes. I just don't know ever what, I never know what to say. Can you just tell me what to say? And I thought, really? Is that, I mean, if that's what people are looking for, I'll help them. We want this to be simple, convenient, easy for them, right? So it was born out of that idea. Mm-hmm. And so what we've tried to create is number one, ultimately, and as you mentioned, Kara, I am so passionate about helping agents realize that You don't have to trade your life to try to have a big business. It's not a decision between 80-hour work week and having a business or 40-hour work week and only being a decent salesperson or decent business owner. You can do both. You can achieve a lot in under 40 hours a week. You can have a successful business and a successful family. That's absolutely possible. And so it's just born out of that desire for what i've been fortunate to build and have that i want other people to have that in a very serious way and i think the industry in the real estate world at least is saying hey it's not possible you need to do all of these other things and i just don't think that's true and so that's it was born out of that so our our system is based around every month they get a monthly action plan that says here's all the stuff you need is what i still am doing here's everything you need to do to build a referral network build a referral base here's the mailer here's the email here's the exact touch to take here's what to say here's a calendar of when we suggest you do it so you can actually plan it here's the virtual party idea here's how much it'll cost here's a you know a calendar for planning all that stuff Uh, every month, I also teach a workshop. So this most recent one was talking about 2021 and the numbers and what it's going to look like and a planning for 2021. So we do a lot of that. They have over, I believe, five hours of videos they can watch on their own, just in their member portal. We do a weekly email to just do an encouragement and some practical tips. Um, We started a podcast, which you'll be a guest on soon, which is super excited for that. So we're just trying to create, and it's only right now, $20 a month. We wanted to create something that any agent would find valuable, but especially those new agents that feel like they're getting bombarded to do cold calling and door knocking and open house and everything. And they think I'm not that person, like I I wasn't, that right. they feel like they can afford something and go to a place where it's actually gonna help them understand how to do this business at a really high level. You know, Albert Einstein, and I'm paraphrasing, but Albert Einstein said something to the extent of, if you ask a fish to climb a tree, you're gonna think it's stupid. And right. And his point was, and that applies directly to me. When I told my uh, CEO at our office, when I started that I was going to sell 50 homes by referral, she literally said, it's not possible. What else? And I said, well, I was 27. So maybe I was just too naive. And I said, mom, that's what I'm going to do. Right. I'm just going to figure it out. And, but she said, no, you got a cold call. You got a door knock. You got to open house. You got to do all these other things. And I just didn't want to. And I think there's a lot of agents that are just buying into what the industry tells them to do And they feel like they're terrible at it. And I think it's because no one's ever said, well, how do you want to do this? Let us help you figure out how. And that's really where my passion lies. I I am burdened by seeing agents burn out or not have success for them or their families because no one ever told them it was possible to do it the way they wanted to. Mm -hmm. And so that's really, I mean, Obviously, yes, what we send them every month is helpful, but the real burden, the real desire behind the business is we want to help them figure out how to do it the way they want to do it because they'll have a better business and they'll have a better time. And that's really important uh, for everyone that is building a business to really be able to say, I'm not doing this just because I need to make money, but I hate it. It's There's still really hard days, right? You know that too, but I, I actually enjoy the way that I do this and I'm proud of it. That's what I want for the people that are part of what we're doing. So that's really the heart behind why we do it.
0: No, that's that's so good. And you are impacting, and I know you're going to impact a lot of people's lives moving forward, especially with, um, you know, helping agents see their businesses differently, right? and creating then ultimately more impact and more relationships across the world and the globe, right. In doing that differently. So, uh, that's really awesome. And and I think also there are some lessons for, you know, whether you're in real estate or any other business that it doesn't, that it, it should feel more joyful. Like that's when you're going to be able to create the most impact is when it's done, from a place of goodwill and heart, where you truly do want the biggest impact for others. And uh, so, you know, I think there's some lessons there. And then also that, you know, when you, like you said, I mean, new business ideas sometimes come through people around us, right? So like, you weren't necessarily asking for it, but you were guided through a conversation to think about how you can create something differently and then when you got the inspiration, you acted on it too. So that's really awesome. Yeah.
1: When you're doing something that other people take note of, and there's plenty of people and someone says, well, hey, can you help me figure that out? You know, And you mentioned this earlier, Karen, that I agree with you 100,000% is if someone says, hey, how did you do that? an entrepreneur should say i deeply desire to see the world around me change and so part of that means to look back and bring people with you you know and my genuine hope is that most of the members in our community that are part of business by referral are going to far outpace what i've ever done but it's not enough for us to say hey look at me i'm the best agent out there good luck everybody you know you're terrible compared to me whatever it it the real heart behind in my opinion a true entrepreneur that at their core should desire to change the world around them is if other people are saying, Hey, can I change the world with you? Then you say, let me figure out how to help you do that. That's the heart that we should have. And I hope that I always have that heart. And I hope that entrepreneurs in general start to think more that way.
0: Mm, Yeah, that's so good. I just got goosebumps when you said that. That's (laughs) That's really good. Um, You know, and I wonder, is there a practice? I ask this a lot uh, on this show do you have a mindfulness practice now? I think, I mean, I just had this conversation with um, an episode that just dropped yesterday with Steve Sims and he was talking about his mindfulness or meditation actually and the way that he kind of gets creativity is actually when he's on a motorcycle ride and, it's a way for him to just kind of allow the mind to stop and for him to, so mindfulness looks different, I think, and meditation can be different for many different people. But I'm curious if you have any type of grounding practice that you, well, I'm not,
1: yeah. I'm not cool enough to ride a motorcycle uh, or, or brave enough, but yeah. Yeah. Right. So for me, yeah. So we've got a three and a half year old and a one and a half year old. And so for me, I get up early, so there's no noise and it's amazing. And uh, I, for me, I spend time in prayer. I read my Bible and then I just sit and think um, not every day. It's not like I'm perfect at doing that consistently, but um, that really gets my mind set in the right place and then I will go work out, have breakfast with the kids, and then I'll come to my office and I try to take at least 10 to 15 minutes before I turn anything on and just think. There's a lot of thoughts up there and just think and say what, you know, just whatever it is, whatever comes to mind. Um, so I'll do that. And then throughout the day, I'll take little 10 minute breaks and I've got a little couch in my office here and I'll just go sit on the couch and not have anything else going on and try to listen to what my brain is trying to say. Because I think we tamp that down uh, and there, we just got to get to the heart of what it is. So for me, that's really what it is. It's nothing super exciting. I'm not, like I said, not cool enough to ride a motorcycle. It just, it comes when it comes. And I, I think a big part of it, as you mentioned, Kara, but I, I think a lot of it, I just try to listen to what the people around me are saying, and I've helped friends start businesses just doing that. They'll be talking, and I'll say, "Wait a minute, you could make that a business." I think they're tired maybe of me saying that, but you could make that a business. Let's let's think about. I was talking to a friend last night how to start a, a pressure washing business, make more money for his family, you know. And so I think if we just listen to the people around us, and we kind of listen to what the world around us needs. Mm-hmm. then, um, I don't know, you get, you are inspired to create because you know, there's a need there. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's really mostly probably where it comes from. Sorry, mm-hmm. that was a terrible answer. Cause I'm not, I'm not fancy enough to sit down and create things all at once. It just kind of happens when it happens and uh, you know, and spending time with kids and just finding the joy, the joyful times, I think is if I get time with my wife, if I get time with my kids and, and really get filled up, then it's going to allow me to create because I'm not coming from an empty bucket. And so for me, that's a big part of it too, I think.
0: Oh no, that's awesome. And, and actually I think that to your point about kind of just sitting and listening to your thoughts, I mean, I, I kind of have a similar practice and, and just asking for what you want, right? Like also just asking what, what, who do I need to call right now? Or what should I be doing right now? Is there something that I, you know, kind of almost having some of those thoughts with yourself and asking, and then just listening for the inspired guidance that can come through. I think one of the benefits of sometimes a meditation practice is that you can learn to turn out the things, tune out the thoughts that are not helpful and learn to listen better to that kind of inner voice. But that really, I think is a lot of what, you know, what a a prayer practice or devotion or something like that is about, right. Is being able to listen to the inspired guidance that we receive on a daily basis and moment to moment, if we're open to number one, being intentional about the questions that we ask. And then number two, learning how to listen for those when they come in and know, you know, and act on them when we feel it's it's appropriate, right?
1: Yeah, that's right. And there's there's 100%. There was even, um, I believe it was Coca-Cola that their high-level CEOs use this tactic. They know that, I, I, I forgive me if I quote this wrong, but I believe it's the first two and a half minutes of you talking is like none of the good stuff. You've got to get past that to get to the good stuff. So for example, they use this practice, they would go on five minute walks and in pairs and one person would take notes, the other person they'd walk and they, their job was literally, you just talk for five minutes, right? The first couple of minutes, just getting rid of all the junk that's in there, right? Whatever it is. And then they start finding and digging into the real stuff and they're amazed at what comes out. They also use that in their corporate meetings where they will, my understanding is they'll go around the room and they'll say, okay, you talk for two minutes. And nobody says anything. The next person talk for two minutes and build on that. And it's this idea of, you know, most of the things that are sitting right at the front of our brains is just all the stress or mess or whatever's going on. Well, the real deep things that can change people are are further down and we've got to get to those. And so we've got to be willing to listen, like you said, and we've got to be willing. My, my CEO for our training company, sometimes he just, I call him and I just start talking. And he just listens and he knows the first part of it is going to be terrible, <laughs> but maybe there's a good idea in there somewhere. And I think we've got to understand that all of us have the ability to create. All of us are creative. I think at the end of the day, it's whether or not we allow ourselves to ever get there and we just distract ourselves too much. You know, we're always listening to music or we always have a show on or whatever. Well, your brain doesn't operate in that way. It wasn't created to operate in that way. You got to be quiet and see what happens. And it some cool things can come from that time.
0: Yeah, and you're right too. That I know, I always used to think of myself as I would say I'm not a creative person. You know, I'm not creative because I, in my mind, I thought creativity meant artistic talent, which I have very little. <laughs> Me too. Um, but um, I mean, what's that game, Pictionary? Whenever we play with my family, I mean, it's just terrible. <laughs> like my, my husband is so much better than I am. So is my dad. Like I mean, it's. My mom and I really lack in that department because she's not great either. (laughs) Anyway, um, but I always thought of, you know, creativity as artistic versus creativity is so much more than that, right? It's the ability to create in so many different ways. We're not limited. And so I think that that's where there's real power in that. And I think that's, you know, in business, there's so many opportunities to be creative and and you know, really tap into that creativity inside. So.
1: That's really good. Yeah. That's really good though. Yeah. Because we limit ourselves by saying, well, that's not who I'm not a creative person. And I'd say, well, look at your outfit. You put that together. That was creative, not in a mean way. Like that was creative. You know, sure. you came up with something or whatever it was that they decided to do that day, the way you served that person, that was creative. Mm-hmm. I think that our culture is tired of the same old, same old. So we need to allow ourselves to be creative with, we were just on the phone before we hopped on this podcast because one of our clients, they're supposed to close today. And all of a sudden, because of a bunch of issues, they need $6,800 more and they just don't have it. So we were trying to be creative on how to do it. You know, and, and if we, if we don't operate or, or exercise that creativity, then we're going to assume, like you said, that we don't have, and then we're never going to try to turn that part of our brain on and, the world needs you to be not just like everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, at least that's what I tell myself. That's why I'm a little strange. So, but <laughs> my it. wife thinks it's Me funny too. sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> but I do think we need that from people. And you're right. It's not just, I can draw a stick figure and that's literally it. I'm terrible at Pictionary. It's funny you said that. That the game that no one wants to be my teammate on either. But we have a lot in us. And I think that the world around us wants to see what that is.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, that is awesome. I so appreciate this conversation. Um, and let our list. Oh, and actually, I did have one question about the because I was really fascinated by the the Coca Cola example you gave and their executives. So, is there a book that you got that from?
1: I'm sure there is somewhere. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know which one it is at okay. this point, and I'm if sorry, you but put
0: it, I'll put it in the show notes. Yes, I'll try to think but, of
1: where that came from. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> cool. Um, But tell our listeners if they want to learn more about you and what you're doing and just be connected into your world, how can they best connect with you? And we'll put it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So uh, I'd say probably the easiest way is to go to businessbyreferral.co, businessbyreferral.co. You'll learn more, a little bit more about what we're doing on the training company. Um, And then if you just have direct questions or whatever, connect with me on Facebook or just email me at Garrett, G-A-R-R-E-T-T at businessbyreferral.co. You know, I genuinely want to help. I spend most of my day talking to our members and people who just have questions uh, because I really believe that everyone has the potential for a big business in life. And that's what I want to help them do. So yeah, that's probably the best way to, to check us out and learn more about what we're doing.
0: Very cool. Well, thank you so much for making the time. I am—I've really loved this conversation and I know that our listeners are going to get a lot out of it as well. So, Thank you,
1: Kara. I did too. I appreciate it.
0: I'm Kara and you've been listening to Soul Inspiring Business. If you found this helpful, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And if you feel so bold, share with others as well. Thanks again for listening. I look forward to growing t-